This is a real account of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and unsure. Social media would have you think you have a great thought, then boom, you blow up. It is the farthest thing from the normal backstory. Here we will air the real entrepreneur struggle from customer service, vendors, and the day-to-day -day business. Welcome to Business After Dark with Sharice Chambers. What's up, my peoples? D does something sound different? Does something sound different? I have a new mic. Thank you, hubby. Thank you for my new mic. You can't tell me nothing. Anyways, all right, I'm so excited. I just, well, first of all, welcome back. Welcome back to Business After Dark. I feel like I just want to keep calling it bad because, you know, the letters make up the word bad. So welcome back to the bad podcast <laughs> with Sharice Chambers. Sharice Chambers is me. I am her. She is she. And I am I. Am I. <laughs> I think I said in the last podcast, honey, I didn't have my coffee. I wrote the podcast in an hour. I was like, I'm gonna give myself an hour to write it, record it, put it down, and we need to get it done. And how about that new intro, honey? I want to give a big shout out to Dwayne Atkinson. He's been like low-key, high-key, my podcast um, mentor. He has, um, shoot, when I first started my first podcast, Financial Fancy, he gave me all of the tricks, honey. And that's the other thing, too, about entrepreneurship. Get your, get you yourself surrounded with people who will support you and who are rooting for your win. And I think I said it in one of my Financial Fancy podcasts. Please go visit the other podcast, Financial Fancy podcast, um, also on Anchor and Spotify and all places streaming, where I talked about, um, you know, I don't like those memes that kind of make you feel bad. I know they're intended to make you feel encouraged and stuff. And everyone's different, right? Everyone's different. Everyone's not a lion, as Eric Thomas would say. Some people are gazelles, you know? And you need to know your um your coaching your entrepreneur style and the thing that you're strong at that's not the thing you need to be worried about you really need to be worried about the areas of leadership that you that um, are not your default so in saying all of that i'm just so grateful that i have people around me in my space that encourage me and that root for my win and i don't feel like i need to shrink or hide what I'm doing or that they will um, feel like we're in competition. Like I say, here and all on all of my social media platforms, I am rooting for your win. And I genuinely mean that. What is for me is for me. And what is for you is for you. And um, it's not a competition. There's enough of the things out here in this world so we all can eat, honey. And I just want to provide the information so that we can, so we can do that. So let's just jump into our fourth episode and it's basically entitled generational wealth yes honey generational wealth you've heard it so in this episode i want to talk about it because it's such a buzzword it's such a buzzword like i, I feel like i've heard this word for like the last three years and i really hear the word the most in like mlm sectors but it's really in the entrepreneur space like people have decided that they want to be a boss and they're like, I'm, I started my own business because I want to have generational wealth. But really, um, the very reason people have decided to take on this entrepreneurship, you know, 
take their cross, <laughs> drudge this old dusty road we call entrepreneurship. So today we're going to break down what that really means and what that should look like in your life. Because the reality of the situation is, is that I have um, heard people say that I am not creating generational wealth. And I was a little taken back by that, honey, because I was like, hmm, first of all, you counted my coins. But the second part is, what does it look like to you? Because it's going to look different for everybody. So let's start with what the de actual definition of generational wealth is. The definition of generational wealth is, um, looking at my notes. Okay, by definition, the concept of generational wealth is when you consume or you take in assets. Assets are things that are of value and you pass them along to your children. All right. And basically, let's talk about what an asset is. So I'll go first. Thank you for letting me go first. I own a home. I'm still paying on this home. So technically, it really is low-key a liability, but I have enough equity in my home that I would make money if I sold it. So that's why I consider it an asset, okay? I have four vehicles, but two of them are paid off. So those two vehicles are also assets. If you still have a note on your vehicle, like I said, just as the home example, it is a liability because you still owe money on it. It's not yours. It is owned to the bank or whoever you're financing it from. So you understand what I'm saying, assets. What are the assets that you have in your life? And that could be also your savings account because that's a liquid asset, as we call it. It's something that you can use, obtain very quickly. If you had a 401, that would be an asset. You know, it's um, even though you have to pay 20% um, for early withdrawal, perhaps, it's still tangible money you can put your hands on, okay? So now that I've explained what assets are, what are the assets that you have in your life that you look to pass on to your children or whoever, your family, okay? Now let's take this a step further. And this is the space where people don't secure or be assured to have systems in place to advance or give to their intended recipient, aka their children or family. This is where life insurance, life insurance comes into play, home insurance, a will, you know, or even putting your children on the deed of your home, because this is what happens. I used to work at a senior um, apartment complex, and what happened was somebody would die, and then it was the family's responsibility to go to the courts, claim the, the estate of the person so that they could um, obtain space to be able to come get the person's things. Now, if you put the person on your emergency contact, and I added an extra line and said, hey, in case of my death, I mean, point blank and period, I mean, that's what's happening, right? You have, you would have to die and you're passing along these things to the people that they could come and, you know, take care of whatever the final things were. Did you know that you could put your child on the deed? They don't, they're not financially responsible to pay anything for the house until you, until you pass. Um, they need to be paying the property tax or whatever have you. But that those are the things that we need to be putting into place. Some people don't know that they can go, like they don't even know what the forms are. They don't know how to make the claims. Like if you stay up late at night, there's always some claim, like there's money floating around and um, you need to make sure that there's no money out to you. I, I believe that is what those monies are. It is the space where people have had a surplus of money and no one in the family basically finished off their final 
goodbyes and farewells. Um, because as a tax preparer, you know that you're supposed to file taxes on someone who passes away. Yeah, you're supposed to file the taxes, their final taxes. Um, and a lot of people, I don't know if, I would say a lot of people don't know that. Um, they just let someone pass away and then it's just like, just, it's done. I don't, I don't know that why people don't know that, but it is, that that is something that you're supposed to do. So if someone passed away in your house, you're supposed to file their taxes, like be a final done, 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 okay? So I want to also talk about not just the floating money, but this this episode really is about your business and your personal life. So let's talk about the business side because this is a business podcast. If you have a business, you need to make sure that you have, again, the systems in place for either your business going to be dissolved or you passing along to someone in your family or whoever is going to be the next person to take care of the business side. And on the personal side, you need to have, again, all these things in place. You know, it, it would just behoove you <laughs> to work so hard to have all of these things and you did not put the things in place. Like, let's think back. Think about someone who passed away who had like middle class person and now the family's fighting over the things. You could easily resolve that. Not saying that the way that you disperse your um, fortunes to your family will make them happier, but at least they knew that it was what you wanted. Now they could have a come to Jesus moment by themselves about what you did to leave the money, but you gone. So you ain't got to worry about that no more. And hopefully your family's in a place where they're healed people and they would not argue over something that they never even really had to begin with. Cause that's the reality of the situation. Someone passes away. You didn't have their furniture set. You didn't have their jewelry before they, while they were living. Why now is it such of an importance to you to have it? That was always my thought process. That, that's another podcast to talk about. So here are my three things that you need to have in place in order to make sure that this generational wealth I'm doing air quotes <laughs> that everyone's talking about um, will help secure the bag for yourself and for your future recipients. Um, I also want to take a pause for the cause before I get into these is that I'm going to do a breakdown. I'm going to do a breakdown on my Financial Fancy LLC Instagram. We call it um, Tell the Truth Tuesdays. The, I want the subject matter to match what I put on the podcast that drops on Mondays. I know this is Tuesday, honey. It's, it's tax week, okay? I've had a lot of things to do. I really just paused my day and was like, I got to get this up. Um, but I should be doing taxes right now. Don't judge me. Judge your mama. Okay, so make sure you watch that because I'm going to give a um, basic information on how you can help further your children's life. And, I, and I'm really excited about this tip and that's why I want to do it. All right, so we did the pause. All right, so let's get back to the three things you need to do. If you have not set up the process, how your wealth will be passed along, get a financial advisor or a life insurance agent. You, you can get two people or one person. A lot of financial advisors do offer life insurance policies, but there are some life insurance policy people who only do life insurance and they don't do financial advising. That is a complete package. So these are they, these can be different or the same person, like I said. So I have a financial advisor and I have a life insurance agent and they are two separate people, okay? 
So I'll explain. There are so many life insurance policies, and I'm talking way beyond just a whole term and a, a whole life and a term policy, okay? Um, there are policies that actually decrease in, in costs as you pay it out as you get older, okay? Um, because you don't need as much coverage when you get older. There are universal policies, and that's what I have, where it covers long-term care when I get older. So life insurance is not just about the time of your, your death, your, you know, your expiration in life, but it um, can cover a multitude of things. Um, there's also policies where you could have the policy and have riders. Like if you and your husband died at the same time, simultaneously, your children could be covered. And it could cost you less in policy doing it as a rider than having two individual policies by yourself. Another thing is make sure you have written out what your plans are. Because some people, so a term policy. I had a term policy when I was real young. I wish I would have took out a whole life policy at the time because I was healthier. Um, it would have been cheaper. I'd had that same cost. But did you know that you could outlive a whole term policy? Because I believe, don't quote me on this. I want to say I don't do life insurance. Okay, I do bookkeeping. I believe you if you do a whole term policy, you pay that policy out for it's either 50 years, I believe. And after you've paid it for 50 years and you don't have to pay it anymore. So imagine if you got a policy when you were real, 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 real young, right? Got one like Gerber policies or something like that. Then you could actually finish paying off that policy. Now, the term policy, it is just a term, just like it says. So you could be paying on the policy for 20, 30 years. And then after the 30 years, the policy actually dissolves itself. So now you have, I want to say wasted money, because the whole point is if you had passed away, you would be able to, your family would have been able to, you know, use that that money for whatever reasons that you've made. But um, it's a thought process. So make sure you write down your plans, all of your assets and obligations. And the other thought process is like, if you pass away, do you want your husband to mourn you for a month, six months, a year? I'm like, all right, let's put in what a year salary would be like so that he they could adjust so they could sell the house, so they could do whatever X, Y, and Z, because it's like, all right, so because the thing about life insurance policies are is that it is um, fundamentally replacing the income of the person. You yourself is an asset. You bring money into your household, and if you don't work and you don't bring money in, then you become a liability. So if you're covering your asset, it's like, how much money do I bring into my household? So if I died... I don't want to be a liability. I want a, a placeholder, the life insurance policy, to be able to be implemented so that my family can continue to live life as if I was still here. All right, that, that's my tangent. I wrote way less notes and I just went on the cuff on that one. All right, let's go to number two. Have your affairs in order. And that could be simple as adding your child to the deed to your home like we talked about. And then also having a conversation with them about the responsibilities and what that actually looks like. We have a home that my great grandmother um, has, and it's been in the family for shoot since I was a baby. And um, I believe my aunt lives in this house now. But if you don't have that conversation, it's like who's responsible for the property tax? Who's responsible for maintaining the yard? And those are conversations that have to be had as a whole. 
um, with either one person or all the family. I have six sisters, you know? So the question is like, who's going to be responsible? I don't live in town. Those are conversations we don't have enough of. And those are the conversations I want you to start having with your family. Because this is the other part too. So I, I told you I bought a home and me and my husband have had the conversation. I was like, I really don't think any of our kids are going to want this house. So we've already come to an agreement that when we pass away, that the house will be sold and, you know, they will split the monies. Again, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Just don't think just because you want it that the other person will want it. Again, this is a, having a house is a responsibility and you shouldn't just be pouring it on the person. I would like to hope that maybe that thought process might change. But again, I'm planning for the long term and it's a conversation that has to be had. All right. So my number three is have an assessment about where you are now and get serious about your goals. A lot of people, again, use the trigger words, um, generational wealth, but they are not doing any of the things to obtain that or position themselves in that way. And just because you have a lot of money in the bank or you spend a lot of money every weekend does not mean that you are furthering the intentions of what that goal is, um, the generational wealth. You actually have to have something to give to somebody to have generational wealth. And generational wealth, let's totally be honest, is it's not about you. It's about the person who's receiving the money. So if you not positioned yourself to be a help to someone else, to help someone else, to further them, to give them a head start and an advantage in life, because that's what it does, then why even act like that's what you're doing? You know, I, I said, you know, make it plain, write it down and work the plan. So be honest with yourself. Are you being flashy on social media because you want people to think that you're doing good for yourself and that you're creating generational wealth? Because again, if you're if if the goal is only to help yourself, then you're not creating generational wealth. And low-key you a liability. And that's all I'm gonna say on that. All right, you guys. So I want to thank you so much for listening to the episode of Business After Dark Bad. <laughs> Please make sure you visit the show notes for some of the financial advisors here locally and in the surrounding counties um, and really in the DMV um, that I, I suggest that you look up that they can help you with your generational wealth. And if you'd like to schedule a session with me to talk about maybe personal finances or your business, um, of course, feel free to schedule an appointment with me and that's also in the show notes. Again, I am rooting for your win. I hope you have a great day on purpose and I'll holla. <laughs>